technology shapes and influences every aspect of our lives today. And we're only beginning to scratch the surface of understanding how it will radically change the way we live and work in the future. Coming up... For the average person walking down the street who now has a 5G phone, what's in it for them? What are they, you know, what are they getting from this? Because Netflix is basically going to feel the same and Facebook won't be any different with 5G and you can stream music just fine on, on your current LTE network. So the the telcos are really hungry for what what can we do to show the benefits of 5G. 2020 will be a big year for 5G and I think we're really well positioned to ride that wave. You're listening to the Futurismic Podcast with Michael Hainsworth, a Nokia original series. Skies for cloud gaming darkened in 2019 after Google's Stadia stumbled out of the gate. Reports of lag over 4G networks tarnished the reputation of an industry set to explode thanks to 5G. Hatch Entertainment believes it's figured out the formula for mobile gaming in the cloud. And a combination of emerging technologies tied to 5G will only make the experience better. I had a chance to sit down with Vice President Nick Thomas to look into the future of Pew 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 on our glowing rectangles. We began by addressing the question, is the world ready for cloud gaming? All right. Yeah, we're just going to cut right to it, aren't we? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, of course, because of the role that I'm in and the, the company that I work for. And uh, I, yes, the, the answer to that question is yes. Um, we, we've seen a clear evolution in nearly all other forms of digital entertainment. Uh, you know, video obviously has moved from... You know, the old days of cable TV or walking to Blockbuster. Bonus card plus from Blockbuster Video. Rent 11 videos, get the 12th video free, and enter to win a Corvette convertible. To, at one point, you had DVDs sent to you. If you don't watch a lot of movies, you may never learn certain valuable skills. What are we going to do with it? Like how to dispose of a body. But if you watched a lot of movies, you'd know. And then finally, the technology caught up to the point where you could just stream your content. And that is uh, more and more the case as we see cable TV dying off with uh, different streaming services replacing them. And music had a somewhat similar evolution uh, with uh, all the streaming services that are in market. Uh, gaming has always lagged behind, and that has primarily been a technology issue. It's been attempted in the past. It's never really worked, although there's been a lot of interest and excitement and investment. Uh, it never really delivered the quality of experience and the features that are important to the gaming community. We are at a time now, at this pivotal moment, where the technology has uh, finally arrived and the ecosystem is is embracing this new movement towards streaming so the long answer uh, is yes this is uh this is i think the moment we've been waiting for for game streaming to really become mainstream how does hatch premium and sprint mobile 5g work hatch is not exclusive to sprint 5g it's not a sprint product per se we are a standalone streaming service that is uh, live globally. So in the US, Sprint is our launch partner. 
but it's good to understand that we're not limited to Sprint. We're also available in Europe, uh, where we've partnered with Vodafone. Uh, we've launched in uh, Korea with SKT, South Korea Telecom, and in Japan with Docomo. Uh, so we've, you know, we're operating a global service here. Uh, and with Sprint, Hatch is a mobile game streaming client. So this is you know, for lack of better terminology, Netflix for games, but built and designed to be a natively mobile experience. So in that way, we're quite different from, you know, Stadia or what Microsoft has announced with xCloud and other uh, services coming to market that are cross-platform and for the most part, PC gaming replacements or console gaming replacements. That is not our angle at all. We're, we're very f- focused on the mobile use case and because mobile is our primary um, you know, target uh, device and user, we've built Hatch to be a 5G service. Um, now, you don't need 5G for Hatch, but 5G provides um, the best user experience and really creates the optimal environment for game streaming. So is it streaming the actual games? Like, is this edge cloud technology where all the heavy lifting for the rendering and for the I shot you, no you shot me type of thing, uh, is that all taking place in the cloud or because it's mobile and mobile exclusive, are we downloading something that that is doing the heavy lifting on our devices? Yeah, good question. So this is all in the cloud. This is true game streaming from the cloud. We, we have a distributed edge of data centers that are all around uh, the world in the in the markets where we're active and we are streaming the content from the data center from the cloud to the end user device um, now the technology is is interesting we we're, we're not you're not downloading any games none of the content is being you know downloaded to play um, on the device hence the netflix for video games analogy Yes. I'm not storing the movie on my phone. That's correct. You're not storing it on your phone. You're not downloading it onto your phone. Uh, You are purely streaming. Uh, But the way that we handle the streaming is is unique. Uh, What what everyone has done in the past and what what our competitors continue to do is a video-based streaming approach, which is what you alluded to in your question, where you're running the game using the CPU in the cloud, and then you uh, encoding, rendering and encoding in the cloud and sending a, a compressed stream to the device and then decoding on the other side. And that's a, it's a very latency prone way to approach streaming because of the encoding and decoding and the heavy video stream that is involved in that process. Sorry, just to put you on pause for a second, it sounds like there's a horse walking around in the background. You know, it's funny. It's my dog drinking. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She she doesn't drink all day. And then when she drinks, she drinks like the entire bowl of water. (laughs) Well, we can wait. I think she's done. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. So you're talking about the latency. Yes. So, uh, so that's a video-based approach. What, which, what Hatch is doing is, is quite unique and proprietary, and we are not sending a video stream to the device. We're actually sending rendering commands. So this is uh, called command streaming. And what that means is that we're running the game on the cloud using the CPU to do all the processing of the, of the game data and all the, the heavy lefting on the compute side. 
and we're streaming the rendering commands and using the GPU on the phone to do the rendering and rendering in real time. So another way to think of this is that we take your phone and we take the CPU and the GPU and we separate those two things and put the internet in between. And this provides a ton of interesting benefits for mobile streaming. Um, the primary benefit is that you don't have this video issue to contend with in terms of the bandwidth, in terms of the encode and the decode and you know the compression protocol and uh, the bandwidth requirements. You don't have to worry about sending a 4K video file down a line and then the latency that comes with it. And I, I aimed at your head, I shot, but by the time the bullet made it to you, you were gone. That's right, yes. All of that is resolved. And so what you're really dealing with from a latency perspective is just effectively the speed of light end-to-end -end latency of delivering that rendering command, those those relatively lightweight, simple commands of moving pixels around on your phone. Uh, and that's a much lower latency approach. Uh, now, of course, there is latency. There is, you have to get you know the speed of light from the data center to the end user device. And there's a lot of magic and wizardry that we do to optimize that routing in the core network. And uh, that's a big part of our edge strategy when it comes to data centers to bring the compute as close to the user as possible. To get back to your earlier question regarding Sprint, this is one of the reasons why we chose to launch with Sprint in the, in the US. Everyone is launching 5G networks and we've been speaking to all of the, the carriers and telcos and doing our due diligence and investigating the, the pros and cons. And we chose Sprint because they have this um, dedicated approach to their 5G rollout and have done a lot of work with us actually to optimize their network um, to ensure that streaming will provide this you know high quality experience for the user and um, that all these uh, problems that have plagued game streaming in the past are attended to within the network conditions that the user is is streaming on. Uh, so it's been a great partnership because it's been very bi-directional where it's not just our tech on their network. It's been uh, work between the two of us to actually optimize those two uh, to provide the best possible experience for the user. So I guess as far as the benefits of using 5G uh, are concerned, there are a whole bunch of different use cases for 5g it's it's very low latency very high speed uh, connection and very low power and i can imagine you know the low power thing works well for industry 4.0 the high speed works very well for video streaming and things like that autonomous vehicles or netflix but i guess for you it's that ultra low latency of going from 100 to 120 milliseconds down to one to two milliseconds that really is the power of 5g for you yeah that's Let's unpack that a little bit because the the latency benefits that have been promised in the 5G evolution are, I would say, equal portions hyperbole and reality. Um, the, the promise of one to two to five milliseconds of latency is is true in in that it's a promise and that the potential for that does exist but today's 5g is what i kind of think of as 5g 1.0 which effectively means that 
it's a 5G uh, antenna or small cell and um, a ton more data being pushed through the network, but it's using the same LTE infrastructure that's already been servicing 4G for the last what it's, 10 years or so. So the, the, the benefits of 5G latency are not here today. This is something that the industry is working on, and it will require its own dedicated separate network infrastructure, which is something that's being built but is not yet deployed. So Hatch today is running effectively on LTE on steroids, meaning that the, the latency of the network is still under the profile of an LTE network, but there's a ton more throughput. Now for us, because we don't have this video burden, we're able to actually stream quite well on the existing latency within the LTE network. And from this point, it only gets better. It only gets tighter and, um, and improves. When it comes to the latency profile today, what we're seeing is actually less. I mean, you mentioned you know 100 to 150 milliseconds for LTE. It's what we see is actually much closer to 40 to 60. Uh, so that's a typical environment. We actually in uh, with certain carriers and in other countries, you'll see closer to 30 um, milliseconds of round trip latency. And for us, that's you know anywhere in that range. We're we're flying. Uh, pretty smooth. We're, we're getting close to 60 frames a second, and we're really actually cruising quite well. Um, as you drop down to, you know, sub 20 milliseconds, that's where you have this sort of fully um, unlimited experience. And that means that the quality of the interaction with the game is um, entirely, entirely native feeling as though it's, you know, there's absolutely no uh, noticeable latency at all. It also allows us to run higher, um, graphically more intense games through the service. And so as you, because of our technology, you know, the benefit is that we get this amazing um, low latency, low bandwidth streaming relationship between the CPU and the GPU. Um, one of the challenges is that as you get into really graphically intense games where there's tons of particles, lots of shaders, and a lot of data being pushed to that GPU to render, um, that connection and the requirement for low latency and high throughput becomes more demanding. Now, mobile games don't tend to actually fall into that category very often. Mobile games tend to be um, different from you know, PC console experiences, where actually a lot of the load is pushed to the GPU. Um, you know, PC games have, uh, or PC uh, rigs, computers have these big beefy GPUs to handle uh, a ton of uh, compute. You don't need to tell the guy who just dropped $1,400 on an RTX 2080 Ti. Right, there you go. So <laughs> so it, it, the PC world is quite different from the mobile world. And this, again, is a, a very important discrepancy between mobile streaming, mobile games, and what we're doing versus the Stadias and xClouds and you know other solutions that are coming to market. Well, then let's talk about that. You know, Why did you choose to go mobile exclusive when you could have targeted all of the platforms, not just the little glowing rectangle I've got in my pocket. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great question. Um, so one of it, one one answer is just our heritage. So uh, Hatch is a spin out of Rovio. Mm-hmm. Rovio is the Angry Birds company, and so our core DNA is you know from the mobile game world. So. You know, we know mobile games really well. We've built them. We've built some of the biggest brands in the space. And so it's, it's you know, it's part of our DNA. The other reason is that um, we see the mobile market as the biggest market and the fastest growing market. 2019, according to the Newzoo reporting, uh, gaming as an industry hit 150 plus billion in terms of revenue. Fifty-four percent of that versus you know the remainder was attributed to mobile games, and that percentage, the percentage we're seeing year over year growth that's that's substantial. You know, eleven, twelve, fifteen percent growth year over year in terms of revenue and number of players and uh, you know excitement in gaming, and we're seeing twenty percent or more growth year over year in the mobile space. So. The industry at large is growing, but mobile is growing faster than any other segment. And um, it's also the largest in terms of user base. We've got in this country alone, there's over 100 million monthly active users. 65% of American adults play games, and that's just looking at 18 plus data. So if you factor in kids, you're looking at, you know, 75, maybe 80% uh, of Americans as a as one market being mobile gamers um, or, or being gamers rather and of that large demographic 60% choose their smartphone as the primary device to play to play games so it's a combination of our background um, and just the the market opportunity that we see as being most interesting from a business point of view in the mobile space. So then knowing that your infrastructure as well as your entire approach to 5G based game streaming is different from Google's offering, what lessons did you learn from Google Stadia's stumble out of the gate? Yeah, so we've been working on this for, I've been with Hatch for, you know, three and a half years. Um, I think, you know, officially the company began maybe six months prior to that and uh, was in an R&D effort even before. So we've been at this for, I don't know, five years or so. And our core philosophy and approach has been fairly consistent from the beginning. So we we have been in many ways the leaders in this space. Now we're a smaller brand than, you know, Google and Stadia. Um, but, you know, we've been the visionaries and pioneers of this for a long time. What we've seen with Google, and this um, was something that didn't entirely surprise us and, and something that we're doing differently, is that you need to do more than just stream content. Just streaming alone. And you know, for, for, Google, for Stadia as an example, um, there's not a lot of reason to buy a Stadia setup. Um, all, you know, you can play all the same games on consoles that most people already have. Um, getting new content is not that hard. I mean, you do have to download it, which is a, you know, a, a bit of a, a, a pain point. But in the console world, you're not downloading new games every day. You're, you know, downloading a new game, you know, I don't know, once a week or maybe just once a month, depending on 
how active of a gamer you are. And we're seeing that, that customers really want more than streaming. What they want are new experiences. They want new ways to play. And that could mean new content, original games, games that you can't get anywhere else. It could be new ways to interact with people, so social features, ways that you can play with your friends, communicate with your friends, community features. Uh, it could be a combination of those, which is multiplayer or uh, leaderboard or competitive experiences that haven't been available before. So our, our focus is not just streaming. I mean, streaming is an important piece. It comes with other benefits like the notion of subscription and not having um, to pay for individual game titles, but having a catalog approach just like Netflix or you know Hulu or Spotify. Um, it comes with curation so that the content within that service is already filtered to remove uh, you know, poor quality titles. So everything that you're getting is, is good, but then it also comes with these additional, um, experiences. And we take that very seriously. We we're very focused on the social elements of gaming, how you can interact with your friends, how you can connect with people, how you can compete against them. Um, we run something called the hatch league, which is a kind of casual esports tournament, um, within the Hatch platform so you can uh, play against others, you can challenge your friends and you can win prizes. And that's all very important uh, to our approach. Um, and we also develop original content. So we've got a number of games that are only available on Hatch. Uh, we've got what we call Hatch exclusives, which are modified or enhanced versions of games that leverage the benefits of the cloud so you can play these games in new ways. For example, multiplayer. Um, one of the one of the interesting benefits of cloud gaming from our from our approach, but I think this could be more generalized, is that we are streaming the because we're streaming from the data center to the end user, and we're just passing these rendering commands. It's just as easy for us to send that output to one device as it is to say four devices, and all four devices are actually using the same instance on the cloud it's it's the same you know G cpu that's actually powering the game for all four of those players which means you have a 100% fully synchronous multiplayer game it's the way multiplayer is approached today um, is that you've got a instance running on your phone but then you have another instance in the cloud and sometimes multiple instances in the cloud. And so your phone instances are all communicating with the cloud instances, and then those are all trying to communicate with one another as well, which creates this um, interplayer latency between what's happening for player A and what's happening for player B. Hmm. Now, the game is in sync on your phone, but the way that you're actually experiencing um, uh, the other players can be out of sync. And in Hatch, we remove that problem because it's literally the same exact game powering all four players. It's just like you were sitting on a couch together and you're playing a game and the TV cuts the screen up into four quadrants and each of you are playing. It's like the old Nintendo GameCube model. 
Exactly. It's like think of playing, you know, Mario Kart with your buddies, and all four of you have a little mini screen that's powered by one console. This is the same approach where you've got that same quote console in the cloud, but all four of those screens are now just pushed to a separate device. So we're all playing together in that very real time uh, sort of um, cohesive way, but we don't have to be sitting next to each other. We don't even have to be in the same city. Uh, and that opens up a ton of possibilities when it comes to multiplayer, real-time gaming, competitive gaming, esports, all of these things where <clears throat> multiplayer is uh, essential and having a fair, balanced um, experience is really important as well. Hulu, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Apple Music, Spotify, my doorbell security monitoring service, eight bucks a month for Hatch Premium. As an industry player, are you concerned about subscription fatigue? Hmm. You know, I, I am, um, but I think people will pick and choose the right service for them based on um, the type of content that they enjoy. So, you know, I saw an interesting statistic that 69, sorry, 74% of Americans have a video-based streaming subscription and 69%, so just you know, 5% fewer have uh, two or more. So that means most people have not just Netflix, but also HBO or Hulu or something else that uh, complements their, uh, their video service. Music's a little different because pretty much all these music services package the entire recorded music catalog in the, in the universe into um, the service. And it's just kind of a UI and, you know, um, how you like to pay type of variation. So Spotify versus Apple Music are basically the same in terms of content, but it's a different way to interact. Hatch is the mobile streaming solution. Um, and we see a world where Hatch and Stadia or something like Stadia exist in parallel for the same user. And people play Hatch when they're out in the world and then they come home and they want to play console games and they they would play Stadia or some other equivalent. So so no pressure to, to advance that technology to consoles like the PlayStation, like the Xbox, that sort of thing? I think we see a, an opportunity there, but we're really focused on mobile. You know, those are it's a different ecosystem. It's a different it's different content. There are different technical challenges there. Um, and it's a different you know, it's a it's a different world in a way. Mm -hmm. And and so we're 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 really focused on the casual mobile space. Okay, so if all of your eggs are in that casual mobile space basket, let me sort of extend that metaphor. Technically, are we in a chicken and egg scenario? You know, people won't use 5G until their devices support it. Few devices currently do. And until more mobile devices are 5G capable, developers won't develop for the platform. You know, which comes first and ultimately drives adoption, mm. the 5G chicken or the 5G smartphone egg? So um, I would say it's the egg in that uh, breakdown. From, from the content perspective, we don't really need quote, special content. I mean, we can take existing games right off Google Play, wrap them and stream them within Hatch in, you know, in a matter of an hour. Wow. Yeah, we, we don't have any, um, we, we have 
I should say this carefully, there are some developer requirements to be a part of Hatch, but they are very minor. We don't have SDKs to integrate. We don't have um, other sort of proprietary requirements. For the most part, the games that are built uh, to stream, or sorry, to download and play natively, we can take and stream uh, with little or no effort. So from the developer's point of view, Hatch is great because we open a whole new uh, revenue stream opportunity and customer base with very little work required on their side. Now you can optimize for Hatch. You can go further and you can actually do some things to really make it, um, uh, you know, per as as much as possible. But mm. it's not it's not required. It's not anything that um, it's not burdensome to the developer. Now, when it comes to the five G ecosystem. 2019 was a year, it was effectively a soft launch for 5G. It was getting, standing up these networks, making sure they actually worked um, on the carrier side. On the device side, it was more or less the equivalent where you're, you know, shipping phones, making sure that they actually work, that they connect to the cell tower and that they do what you expected them to do. Uh, We're now past that soft launch stage in 2020 nearly all devices are moving to 5G. Uh, From from what we have seen, and this is all public information, but what we've seen from uh, the the news that we track is that pretty much all the flagship Android devices are moving to 5G in 2020. And even Apple is rumored to be coming out with a 5G uh, phone at the end of this year. Now, we'll see if that's really going to happen, but um, the device... Uh, problem or limitations uh, will be solved this year if if things go according to our expectations. The networks will be catching up to the devices to a certain extent, um, and each carrier has their own solution. There's, you know, the kind of low band solution that AT and T and T Mobile are rolling out to provide um, greater coverage but lower bandwidth. Um, then you've got Verizon on the other side of the spectrum with uh, the millimeter wavelength, which is super high bandwidth, but uh, much lower uh, propagation value. So you need more more infrastructure in order to to deliver that. And then you have Sprint. And again, why we partnered with Sprint to launch was that they have this really sweet um, real estate in the 5G spectrum, which is a 2.5 gigahertz uh, wavelength. And they've got a lot of it. It's actually wavelength that they acquired from Nextel when they acquired Nextel years years ago. And it was the um, the wavelength that those old walkie-talkie phones used to communicate on. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that that same spectrum is the ideal spectrum for 5G because you get the best of both worlds. You get good distance, good propagation, so the signal can pass through walls and it can you know, sort of blanket an area in a way that you would expect for a cell service. And it provides the same or relatively similar benefits when it comes to throughput. Um, now, again, the latency factor is not quite there yet because these uh, separate um, networks need to need to be flipped on and actually uh, provide that additional latency uh, benefit, but from the five G throughput point of view, we think Sprint really has the right recipe for today. 
now everyone's going to evolve their networks and things are going to change and they're going to get better and they're going to come up with their own additional solutions to provide more and more coverage. But 2020 will be a big year for 5G. And I think we're really well positioned to ride that wave. Based on your experience with SK Telecom in South Korea, Sprint in the U.S. and others, what's your advice to a developer looking to work with a telecom on building any kind of 5G-based product? That's a, a really green pasture to, to pursue. These telcos are really interested in experiences and technologies that help them show the value of 5G. Right, they're trying to avoid that dumb pipe moniker. Exactly, yeah, and 5G has very interesting business enterprise or industrial uses for you know everything you mentioned you know automotive or autonomous vehicles and there's all kinds of industrial applications and drones that need to communicate with each other to deliver packages and who knows what else is going to be powered by 5g um in fact verizon was talking about some really interesting technology for firefighters where they can uh, put a heads-up display in the mask of a firefighter that communicates with a data center and allows them to see through smoke in order to navigate a burning building. It's a really cool um, pioneering work that leverages 5G. And that's that's great for the world, but for the average person walking down the street who now has a 5G phone, what's in it for them what are they you know what are they getting from this because netflix is basically going to feel the same and facebook won't be any different with 5g and you can stream music just fine on on your current lte network so the the telcos are really hungry for what what can we do to show the benefits of 5g and that's why hatch is so exciting for for them is that it really is a great use case and something that customers can can you know use and feel the benefits. Now, independent developers and publishers, for that matter, um, can can take advantage of that too. I'd say the easiest is to work with a, a a platform like Hatch, where we've already done all the heavy lifting, and you just can bring us the content and be a part of this uh, exciting new um, market that's emerging. But you also could develop your own native mobile streaming game. You don't need a, um, a platform like Hatch. It's much more work and you have to sort of go through more of the R&D to create your own streaming solution. But that's possible. Um, and it's definitely worth exploring because if you can find ways that you can stream content uh, to the end device, um, and show the benefits of 5G, then I think there's a lot of opportunity to partner with carriers to bring that to the masses. Nick Thomas is a cloud gaming pioneer and a vice president at Rovio spinoff Hatch Entertainment. He joined us from Oakland, California. See the future. Listen to what's next. Read about world-changing ideas. All by visiting futurhythmic.com. The Futurhythmic podcast with Michael Hainsworth is a Nokia original series.